Are you sheltering in place, isolated, feeling alone? <coughs> well, then you're just like us. Hit me. From Studio P in Sausalito, the home of the quarantined hit, it's time for... Suckatash. Suckatash Shut-In, the Soundcast stimulus package featuring snippets from comedy... Soundcasts. And now, here's your host for this episode, Tyson Saner. Saluton, that's just me, Tyson Saner. I'm your every other week host of this program that is currently called Suckatash Shut-In. Welcome to episode 242. Last week on episode 241, Crossing the Pond, show creator and every other week host Mark Hershon brought you a quartet of clips from Soundcasts from England that we had not featured before in Suckatash Shut-In or Suckatash the Comedy Soundcast Soundcast as this program used to be called. The shows clipped in question are Looks Familiar, The Cheap Show, Rule of Three, and the Adam Buxton Podcast. It's a fun episode, and you can still find it at our home site at www.suckatashshow.com, as well as on Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, The Laugh of Lap, and wherever soundcasts are found and streamed and or downloaded. This show I've put together for you is comprised of a trio of clips from mostly places around the USA. Other than that, there really isn't a theme, per se. February is almost over, and it will be March when the show is published. I don't know why I mentioned things like that, I suppose it's because I appreciate it when I hear podcasters say what date it is somewhere in the course of an episode for context. It's February 26th right now. When I record this, will probably be the 28th and when it goes up, presumably on a Tuesday, as it seems to be doing with the most frequency lately, that Tuesday will be March 2nd, 2021. There. Now you have a very specific snapshot in time, in your mind, that you may have lived during, and maybe you know what you were doing on what is currently, quote, this coming Tuesday, unquote. Perhaps you were listening to this? Well, you're listening now, and I appreciate it. Tonight's clips are from Valley Boys Podcast, the Dinner Party Download, and the Record Store Day Podcast with Paul Myers. There's also a spot from our longtime fake sponsor, Henderson's Pants, to look forward to as well. Let's get to that clippage. Our first clip is from Valley Boys Podcast by Dave Weasel and Brendan Collins. Its description says, Two unlikely best friends, Dave Weasel and Brandon Collins, fight about everything. One is a cuck-servative douchebag, the other a liberal comedian and handsome devil, and writer of this bio. The clip is from February 4th, 2021. It's from their 30th episode called Dirty 30, and in it... Uh, it says, the boys discuss Dave's foiled plot to start an OnlyFans scheme. Brandon argues his prostitute habit over dating. Kim Jong Newsom hmm, and Biden's first two weeks. Uh, the clip featured is a little game that apparently they've played before. Dirty 30, baby. Oh, uh, fuck. We're coming of age finally. 30 episodes in. Yeah, we're going to start taking aspirin even when we're not hungover. Um, uh, join with me is my assistant, Brandon Collins. Man, I've been on a streak lately, uh, you know, being the assistant, man. I've, I've worked my way up in the world. No, that's a, that's a demotion, because sometimes you're the sidekick. Sometimes you're my sidekick. Other times, like now, you're my assistant. Yeah, it just sounds formal. I'm, I'm all about it. But I mean, you're but, a good friend. You came and picked me up. You had an energy, energy drink for me. That's a good friend. And also, like a good friend, you farted like three seconds before I got in the car. That's what friends do. It's disgusting. Hey, share and share alike, baby. 
Uh, hey, speaking of weird and disgusting people, uh, are you ready to go ahead and jump into uh, Florida, California, or Canada, man? Yes. All right. Well, fantastic. Real quick so- for new listeners, if you haven't heard this before, Brandon reads three headlines. I have to guess whether it comes from Florida, Canada, or California, and any one of them could be used any number of times. So there is no process of elimination. Yeah, crazy bastards. They love to pop up out of nowhere. All right. Let's go with the first headline here. Man tries to board flight with 22 pounds of meth. Did that happen? (laughs) Yeah. Florida, Florida, (laughs) fucking Florida. I didn't have to cheat. No, it's absolutely low-hanging fruit, but I couldn't help it. Like, that had to go on the dock. Yeah. Fucking idiot, too. Like, he uh, he was going through TSA, got pulled for a random bag check, and, of course, they found the fucking meth in there and $900 cash, and he's like, "Uh, it wasn't my bag. He's like, uh, I was on a, another plane, and when I, I I was sleeping, and when I woke up, the bag was there, and it kind of looked like mine, but this one isn't mine. So he's uh, he's in jail on uh, pending charges right now. So shout out to that dude for ingenuity and trying, but try a little harder next time, I guess. 22 pounds, though, dude. Just rent a car. Yeah, and you know what's crazy? Do you realize how much 22 pounds is worth, according to the article? What? Half a fucking mil street value. God damn. See, I've been, I was on the wrong path going with OnlyFans. I need to get in the meth game, man. Dude, staying on the straight and narrow never works out. Everyone who follows the rules always gets fucked. Dude, it's pandemic. There is no straight and narrow. We're all selling our bodies or drugs. I'm trying to do both. Yeah. Is, uh, well, as of right now. Now I'm into meth. Where do, how does somebody get started selling meth? Like You have to know someone. I don't know. Maybe you start out using and then you just like work your way into the company or something like that. You know? Right. Yeah. It's like a stoner going into a pot shop and then you get hired to like start doing trimming and shit like that. Deliveries, whatever, you know, uh, you work for product. Uh, there, there you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like work us, for, baby. Yeah, that's right, man. All right. What's All right. next? Okay. Next one. Man robbed restaurant that refused him service for not wearing mask. Did that happen in California? Florida? California. Absolutely. Are you cheating over there? You I'm not suck- cheating this time. Okay. Uh, California, because we, we don't fuck around with that mask shit. Yeah, but here, now here's, here's the crazy thing. That This is why I threw this particular story in the docket. Dude didn't ask for money. He uh, went into a restaurant and asked, uh, was asked to put a mask on because he didn't have one on. And uh, he decided that the best course of action at that point was, fuck you, I'm not putting the mask on. By the way, I'm robbing you. So he fucking pulled out a gun and robbed the place, but just for Oh, food. yeah, that was in Pasadena. Yes. Yeah, I did hear about that. Yeah, chicken place, right? Yeah. Roscoe's. So, yeah, so he, yeah, and yep. all he did was just grab like two bags of food and then like fucking took off. And I guess police chased him, but they lost him getting on the freeway. So, Jesus dude got, Christ. So sometimes there is such a thing as a free lunch. Holy shit, dude. Yeah. That's amazing. Imagine that he's in jail for robbery and they're going around the table saying, like, what'd you get? What'd you get? And this guy's like, I stole chicken. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, so what's the next thing? All right, so our last one of the evening. Police search for a man who drove off with vaccines. Did that happen in Florida, California, or Canada? Read that to me one more time. I'm sorry. Fair enough. Police search for a man who drove off with vaccines. I feel like California, I don't think that is a Canadian crime. It was it, whoever did it was probably just trying to distribute it to the poor, some kind of Robin Hood shit, uh, which sounds Canadian because we're awesome. So yeah, you know what? Fuck it. One, two, three. We're going with 
Canada. Nope. Headed right back to the sunshine state of Florida. Okay, I would have guessed California was my other one. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so the guy didn't just steal the vaccines. He stole a car that had the vaccines in them. Uh, oh, right, okay. Yeah, and, I, and uh, the story didn't say whether or not he knew they were in there. It's just like... Oh. That's a big difference. Yeah. Because people steal cars with children in it, and they go, oh, shit, you know? Yeah, like me. I would just like jump out, or I'd, I'd return the car. It's like, sorry, I ain't fucking taking this Right, thing yeah, here. well, because that's a totally different crime, you know? It, yeah. It's like robbing a bank versus robbing a, a, a chicken store. A chicken restaurant. You can find the show on Twitter at Valley Boys Pod. That is all lowercase V-A-L-L-E-Y-B-O-Y-S-P-O-D. You can find Dave Weasel at capital D-A-V-E, capital W-E-A-S-E-L. And you can find Brandon Collins at uh, all lowercase E-L-O-S-O-B-L-A-N-C-O, numeral six, numeral nine. Uh, And one of the places you can find them on the web is thevalleyboys.podbean.com. That is bean, B-E-A-N, P-O-D-B-E-A-N. Next up, the Dinner Party Download from American Public Media. The description says, Welcome to the Dinner Party Download, a fast and funny hour of culture, food, and conversation. Quote, public radio arts and leisure section, unquote. In every episode, you'll learn a joke, bone up on an odd bit of history, and then wash it down with a themed cocktail recipe. Meet artists of note, have your burning etiquette questions answered, savor an emerging food trend, and hear your new favorite song plus unconventional wisdom from hosts Rick Gagliano and Brendan Francis Newman. So this clip is from a episode that was originally broadcast on September 5th, 2014. And this is an encore broadcast uh, that was done on November 17th, 2017. The show is no longer in production, but I believe uh, they have new projects. By the clips from uh, episode 269... It's featuring Mel Brooks, Greta Gerwig, and A.C. Newman. So uh, its description says, Comedy legend Mel Brooks reanimates, quote, Young Frankenstein, unquote, then offers priceless etiquette advice. And then in parentheses, it says, Warning may include death threats, flatulence, gallows humor, and uncontrollable laughter. And parentheses. Actress Greta Gerwig from Francis Ha and Mistress America tries a love story on for size. And A.C. Newman of Indie Rock Supergroup, The New Pornographers, spins a party soundtrack that's so cool. The clip I've provided is from part of the interview with comedy legend Mel Brooks. Let's hear from our guest of honor, Mr. Mel Brooks. Brendan introduced him like this. He began his career in stand-up and as a writer for Sid Caesar's groundbreaking TV comedy series, Your Show of Shows. He went on to form a duo with one of the show's writers, Carl Reiner, and scored a massive hit with their routine, The 2,000-Year-Old Man. Mm. And then... Mel went on to write and direct what are considered some of the funniest movies ever, including The Producers, Blazing Saddles, and Young Frankenstein. This year is the 40th anniversary of that parody of classic monster movies, and a new edition is being released on Blu-ray on September 9th, the day after he sticks his hands and feet in wet cement in front of Hollywood's (laughs) famed Chinese theater. And Mel, it's an honor to have you. Why, look, you know, Brendan... Yes. You, you've covered it. I don't have to talk. That's it. <laughs> you've, you've, said, Great. All right. you've said everything I was going to say. It's been nice having you. And even, you could say bigger and better things about me, but that's okay. Oh. Let, me, let me help you a little bit. <laughs> okay. You say, I can't effing believe <laughs> who I am talking to. That's true, this actually. This guy is an effing legend. <laughs> when, I, when I left the house today... A neighbor said to me, isn't that guy dead? And I said, well, I'm, I don't know, I hope not. I'm going to talk to him in 10 minutes. But you bring anyway, up a good point. You you are a legend. 
R2D2 is a fictional character. He has his feet in the cement in the Chinese theater, and you don't? Well, I've had, I'm really a little worried about it. I heard that Jeanette McDonald, who she was a very famous opera singer. Yes. She was in a great movie with Clark Abel called San Francisco. Right. Yeah. And uh, but I heard when she got her hands and feet in the cement, she actually got stuck. <laughs> and they had to uh, I mean they had to cut her shoes away to get her feet out. Oh no. Oh my god. And so yeah, so I'm I'm wearing my cheapest shoes in case they have to yeah. be cut away. Yeah, or just coat them with butter All so right. that it, they just slide out real easy after you're done. Okay, well, I don't know, olive oil may be cheap. All right. But I might I'll coat them with something. <laughs> That's a good idea. So, we want to play a clip from Young Frankenstein, which you Great. co-wrote Great. with your star Gene Wilder. Hey everybody, come in here. They're going to play a clip from Young Frankenstein. <laughs> But there's too much good stuff to choose from. Uh-huh. So we'd like you to pick what's your favorite, ideally non-visual, gag in the movie. Uh, you know, one of, one, of, one of my favorites has a great pause in it. It's Marty Feldman at the dinner table. It starts actually with Dr. Frankenstein yeah. saying, yes. reputation, reputation. He's so unhappy because... His experiment didn't work. The, mo- the monster did not come to life. Yeah, Frankenstein yeah. monster. And then uh, Marty Feldman, who plays Igor, says, You know, I'll never forget my old dad. When these things would happen to him, the things he'd say to me. And then he didn't talk. <laughs> you know, so we all waited. I don't know whether Marty Feldman, as Igor, was using the right tempo yeah. taking his time or simply forgot what he had to say next <laughs> we waited two minutes and then gene said what did he say what did he say marty says something like uh, what the hell are you doing in the bathroom day and night why don't you get out of there give someone else a chance <laughs> it's the craziest scene it was very difficult i gotta tell you guys a secret yeah okay the minute we started shooting the crew you know the the grips and uh, the sound people and the camera people, you know, they break up and you could hear them laughing, you know, through, I mean, they try to muffle it through their fingers. So um, the first day I sent someone out, I sent the assistant director out, and I literally, this is all true, and yeah. I, I said, go to a department store and buy a thousand handkerchiefs. So he went out and he bought a thousand white handkerchiefs. And I said to the crew, every time you got an urge to break up, to laugh, stick this white handkerchief in your mouth. <laughs> And every once in a while, when I knew things were funny, I would turn around, I'd see a C, maybe a thousand white handkerchiefs, and I'd say, okay, that's going to be a hit. And uh, in this one, we all lived with white handkerchiefs in our mouths with with this scene. It was just, it was amazing. Is it your favorite scene because it's hilarious on the page and on the screen or because of that moment off screen, do you think? Uh, It's a combination because... First of all, it has nothing to do with the problem of creating a living human being from inanimate pieces taken <laughs> yeah. from the graveyard. Nothing to do what, yeah. what is what is get out of the bathroom, give someone else a chance, have anything to do <laughs> with what the experiment that was going on yeah. in Frankenstein's castle. It's absurd. It's so yeah, it's good. absurd. It that's what I love. I love everything that's absurd. So Mel, this like so many other of your films is a parody. Um, you know, with your TV series Get Smart, you parodied the spy genre, Blazing Saddles, the Western, Young Frankenstein, the horror film. What attracted you to parody? You know, the frames of reference. What would, the kids would understand what I, what I was doing. Hmm. Once they'd seen the picture, especially Spaceballs, 
Once they saw the picture, the, the picture you're satirizing, they knew what I was, what the takeoff was, what the satire was. Yeah. So it made it made things a lot easier than creating. Let's say I did a movie later on called Life Stinks, <laughs> and there were no frames of reference. It was just if you were very poor and you lived in urine-filled alley somewhere in, in, a, in a bad neighborhood, you'd understand what the movie was about. But I wanted to say something about, I don't know, about the inequity of, 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 of life, especially yeah. in big cities. So you can find the show at uh, Dinner Party D-N-L-D. That is D-I-N-N-E-R-P-A-R-T-Y-D-N-L-D. Mel Brooks can still be found on Twitter at capital M-E-L, capital B-R-O-O-K-S. Rico Gagliano can be found at capital R-I-C-O, capital G-A-G-L-I-A-N-O, and Brendan Francis can be found at capital B, capital F, capital N-E-W-N-A-M. And apparently, you can find the Dinner Party Download archived over at www.dinnerpartydownload.org. Hello, friends. Bill Haywatt here with some timely fashion news. If you or someone you know is in imminent danger of being kidnapped, shanghaied, or abducted by aliens, Henderson's new ransom pants are just the right style statement you need to make to get yourself out of a sticky situation. Our research reveals that the number one complaint of abductees is not that they miss their loved ones and friends, but that it's always so darned uncomfortable. Well, not anymore. If and when you're taken, you'll appreciate the loose fit and padded seat of these handsome ransom pants. They'll bring you great comfort, no matter if you're trussed up in the back of a van, the trunk of a car, or the cargo hold of a hyperdimensional spacecraft. And there's more comfort waiting inside these pants. The roomy legs are lined with secret pockets. You can fill with energy bars and puzzle books to fill the idle time waiting to be rescued. And rescue won't be far away, thanks to the homing tracker built into the ransom pants... Wasteband. Then, just in case no one cares enough about you to be following the tracker's signal and you're left to get yourself out of the mess you found yourself in, pay your own way. That's right, the ultimate secret of Henderson's ransom pants is that that comfortable seat you've been sitting on is padded with $1 million in warm, comfy cash. Just drop trow, pay your kidnappers, and be on your way. Originally designed for Patty Hearst, enemies of La Cosa Nostra, as well as Barney and Betty Hill, Henderson's Ransom Pants... Maybe just the ticket to get you an early release and back home in time for dinner. That's Henderson's, makers of fine pants parts since 1932. And now back to Suckatash. Thank you, Bill Haywatt. Our final clip this evening is from the Record Store Day podcast with Paul Myers. And its description says, From the people who created Record Store Day... The Record Store Day podcast with Paul Myers is an informative record store-centric interview show featuring conversations with great guests talking about records, record stores, and experiences in the physical retail space. And this clip is from a show from February 22nd, 2021, uh, from it looks like Rye, R-H-Y-E, Dana Gould, and David Swider, I believe. And uh, in parentheses, it says, the end of all music. So in the show description, uh, it says, Michael Meloche talks about his band, Rye, I have listened to this episode, by the way. I, I cannot remember, but I believe that's how it is pronounced. 
um, and their new album, Home, Loma Vista. Emmy-winning comedian Dana Gould talks about his favorite comedy albums and his new Planet of the Apes-inspired YouTube talk show, Hanging with Dr. Z. And David Spider calls in from featured indie store The End of All Music in Oxford, Mississippi. And Carrie Colleton phones in from Record Store Day HQ in Raleigh, North Carolina. Now, I chose this clip because um, I used to get comedy albums to listen to at the local record store, including Bill Cosby albums, Dr. Demento Issues, uh, and Fire Science Theater. Pretty much whatever I could get that I was interested in. I loved listening to comedy on vinyl. Take your stinking paws off me, you damn dirty ape! You're listening to the unmistakable strains of a soundtrack album that I wore out years ago. That's uh, Jerry Goldsmith's original score to the 1968 original Planet of the Apes. I'm playing this because our next guest is the Emmy Award winning writer for The Simpsons, creator of the series Stan Against Evil, and one of my favorite stand-up comedians, Dana Gould. You know, I was chatting with Dana recently, and I told him about this podcast and how it's about records and record stores. And he said that one of the things he got in record stores was comedy albums, and especially a certain era when certain vinyl comedy albums changed the face of comedy. And coincidentally, he told me that he's got a new web series called Hanging with Dr. Z, in which he plays Dr. Zaius from the original Planet of the Apes. And it's hard to describe, and you really just have to see it. It's incredibly funny, and it's a talk show with Dr. Zaius hosting it. Anyway, we talked for quite a while, but I, I took an excerpt of the conversation so we could talk about comedy vinyl albums and Dr. Zaius. So here's Emmy Award-winning Simpsons writer Dana Gould on the Record Store Day podcast. Welcome, Dana Gould. Hi, Paul. How are you? I'm really good, and uh, I like it when we have people who are not musicians per se, although I haven't asked you about whether you're a musician, uh, but who aren't known for being a musician, because it's also part of the whole Record Store Day thing, is people who love records and love music are you know, uh, welcome to come and talk about those things. And I, I know that you and I have talked, I know that you you were on another podcast talking about the Pixies and you and I have talked right. about the replacements. And You need to do a comedy album episode. Oh, that would be great. Because those are records. Well, that... I still, yeah, I still have mine from my comedy education when I was in high school. Mm. And and I didn't even think of this. Uh, uh, but uh, yeah, you know, the albums that resonate with you, like I remember when I was in uh, when I heard this year's model, that's like a demarcation line. Right. For me. You know, it's like, oh, this got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Class clown, George Carlin's class clown, as important to me as this year's model. Right. In a different way. And I still have it with the gate, you know, so it's uh, very important. Comedy albums. A huge part. I mean, Python, I, re I read this later that Monty Python, I assumed that it was the TV show going on PBS in the States and in CBC in Canada that really opened it up. But it was really FM radio playing the Python albums. Eric Idle said that, yeah. I didn't know that. I had live at City Center. Matching tie and handkerchief that had the third side, right? 
Right. And Matty Bivens' contractual obligation album. And it is, you know, because again, we're, uh, me being, a, having grown up in the 70s, there wasn't cable and I was a kid. So that was where you heard people, it's where you heard swears. And, yes. <laughs> you know, especially and, with and, Carlin. Yeah. Especially, especially with, with Carlin those and, two, and, seven and, words. and Richard yeah. Pryor. Oh, uh, right. You know, um, you know, in 1978, I was 14 years old in 1978, and every single kid had Steve Martin's Let's Get Small. Yes. It was standard issue. Like, you get that and some sneakers and a bike. You know, yeah. Like, every kid had the same thing. And I really, you know, wanted to be a comedian, so I really went down a rabbit hole with it. And I had older brothers that also had, like, Cheech and Chong albums were very... They're huge. Crossover, right? They completely straddle the middle of being both rock and roll and comedy. Right. And that was the difference because there were comedians like Bob Hope, you know, the people that were big at the time. But then these other comedians had albums, which made them more like rock and roll stars, which made it much more appealing to a kid. You know, it was like George Carlin wasn't like Milton Berle. Like to me, not only did they look different and they, but George Carlin was, he was with the people that I liked. He swore and he had an album and he was like a rock star, but he just wasn't musical. He was talking. And it was just like, it was a whole different level of fame and notoriety and, and the, you know, the drag about that albums used to be special for comedians. Right. You know, it's like it was a big deal if you had an album. And now you have, you know, people that make an album of their first set. <laughs> you know, it's like it doesn't really it, uh, that, that's sort of uh, gone the way of the dodo. But yeah, the the Carlin albums, the prior albums. Uh, Robin Williams had an album, too. That was uh, reality. What a concept. Yeah. Was reality that. Yeah. That was huge. They were huge. So it doesn't look like the show has a Twitter. But you can find Dana Gould on Twitter at lowercase D-A-N-A-G-O-U-L-D. Paul Myers is at uh, what looks like Pull My Ears, which is actually spelled P-U-L, single L, M-Y-E-A-R-S. And uh, for this particular episode, if you go to recordstoreday.com and then forward slash capital C custom, capital P-A-G-E page, uh, forward slash 9207, then I guess you can find this episode. I've been to recordstoreday.com and... Uh, it doesn't take you to this show. It's uh, it, You have to search a bit, but that's a good place to start. And also you can go to Paul Meyer's Twitter feed, and he posts links to his programs. Welcome to the end of the show. I do hope it provided you with a bit of entertainment. We here at Succotash Shut-In have been dropping episodes of this sort of, hey, here's some things you might want to listen to more of content in some form or another for almost 10 years now. Sometimes it is mind-boggling to think of how much cumulative content is stored in the archives at www.succotashshow.com. So many shows clipped and folks spoken to at various points in their existences, which is a result of so much listening to other people speak, sometimes at great length, to find that perfect or surely good enough moment that we have decided to feature in the tasting plate or Whitman sampler aesthetic that is what this program has mostly been when it hasn't been about chatting with some of Soundcasting's most interesting personalities, that is. By the way, I don't think that I'm the king of run-on sentences, but I'm at least peerage. Next week, Mark Hershon will be your host for episode 243, and he will have more for you to enjoy. So until we meet again, please wash your hands, wear a mask in public, 
Be respectful of each other's anxiety as best as you can, and to someone anywhere in the world, including on Twitter or whatever social media platform you use to communicate with, asks you if you've heard any good or interesting podcasts lately. Yes, they would probably say podcasts still, if they haven't been listening to us. Uh, in which case, would you please pass the succotash? You've been listening to Succotash Shut In, the Soundcast Stimulus Package, with your host, Tyson Saner. Brought to you by Henderson's Pants and... Imagine your company's name right here. Find us on the web at SuccotashShow.com, on iTunes, on Stitcher, on iHeartRadio, on YouTube, on SoundCloud, on the <laughs> laughable app, and tattooed on your mother's rear end. You can hear us streaming and like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Suckatash Show. Email us at tyson at suckatashshow.com or call into the Suckatash Skype line at our toll call number 818-921-7212. You can also upload clips from your favorite comedy soundcast directly to us using our direct upload link at hightail.com slash you slash Suckatash. Production of Suckatash is overseen by Joe Paulino through the auspices of Studio P. Sausalito, the home of the hit. Our hosts are Mark Hershon and Tyson Saner. Our musical director is Scott Carvey. Our booth assistant is still Kenny Durgis. And until next time, I'm your loyal booth announcer, Bill Haywatt, reminding you to please wash your hands and pass the Suckatash. Goodbye. This has been a Succotash Patch production.